The Democracy Box is about young people finding new creative ways to share the story of our UK democracy that every citizen should know in seven short chapters so that all young people, old people and everyone in between can understand our UK democracy and can take part in it. The Democracy Box is now in partnership with the Office of the Future Generations Commissioner. And this episode is ourselves, Lloyd and Liv, talking to the Office of Future Generations Commissioner staff. About the Wellbeing and Future Generations Act, democracy, elections, and why all this is important for young people. All people also. And everyone in between to know about and understand. Hi, I'm Liv. I'm 17. I'm from Cardiff and I'm a co-creator on the Democracy Box. I'm Lloyd, I'm also 17, and I'm the former Welsh Youth Parliament member for Monmouth. Hello, I am Tathan, I'm 21. I'm from Pembrokeshire in West Wales, currently studying politics in Cardiff, which is where I am currently, and I'm working as an intern for the Future Generations Commission office. So we're talking about a few things today, aren't we? We're talking about the... uh, the Wellbeing Future Generations Act and also uh, local elections. Does anyone like to start anywhere first? I mean, let's start from the top. So why should people care about local elections and the Wellbeing Future Generations Act? Why are these important? People should definitely care about local elections as it gives them the opportunity to well, have their say, really. So first, what local elections are, there, I believe they select office holders for local government level, which I think is bins and schools and local stuff. So local election elects that. Yeah, local elections is electing local councillors to what we call local authority. So that is what you probably will know as the council. And this is the councillors who uh, voted by the people to be a part of the council and make decisions, like Liv says, on things like bins and schools and um, all quite important, and but also somewhat mundane day-to-day things. Joe, it's bad, but I actually don't know who my local councillor is. I don't I know, know about, mine either. I know about 15 of them in a comp- <laughs> down the road, <laughs> but no one who my local one is. So in terms of how you can vote, this is interesting in Wales, you can be 16 or over. Uh, to vote for councillors and in England I believe it's 18 and over which is something they changed a bunch of councillors are really trying to apply for the youth vote so you might see a lot more of them on social media trying to appeal to under 18s now particularly. Yeah and the councillors are like MPs, members of parliament that I'm sure most people would have heard of but obviously on a much smaller level so one gets elected for each small local area so it could be your community and they are the voice of your community and they are there to represent you. So that's why voting for these people is important, not only because it's good to have a say in who's making decisions on your behalf, but also it's important to exercise your right to democracy and it's something that can bring us together. Um, I met with a councillor recently who said that councillors are very much your go-between 
you know, they're the person you reach out to and they do, re they really represent you. Our counselors are responsible for, for a whole bunch of things. The funding for your schools, they're always involved in education in schools, that kind of thing. You know, they're speaking to governors, they're worrying about your quality of education, they're worrying about the quality of the local area, housing, planning, you know, they really on the ground kind of shaping your local environment. So, so really don't underestimate how important it is to vote in local elections because they, they really do shape the area you actually live in because if someone's to build there they're going to the council and you're going to want someone to represent you who shares the view of what you want places around you to look like you know absolutely perhaps now uh let's move on talk a bit about the um well-being for future generations act yeah so from what i know of it it strives towards sustainable development in wales and protects the future its goal is to make sure that the future of wales is a good one what does a good wales look like i'd say a good wales is an equal one mm. one where the environment's good i mean there's a lot of stuff that makes a good wales mainly just equality i'd say um everyone has access to what they need it's also worth noting the future generations act is unique to wales there's no other country that, that has a similar kind of piece of law is trying to drive towards these things and it's even perhaps put Wales on the map because a lot of other places are interested in what it is and, and, and how well it can be used. It's being used really to kind of promote Wales as somewhere that is a safe haven and is kind of very forward thinking. Going back to when I first um, came across the Act it was a few weeks ago and I was on a democracy box call and I was talking to people who run the act and my initial impression was that I thought it was really cool but I was mainly just shocked that I hadn't been introduced to it before because I live in Wales and it's so personal to where I live and making sure it's a better place. I just was very shocked that I wasn't aware that an act that wants to improve the place I live in I just I just didn't know about it so I thought it was great but I was quite frustrated that I hadn't been told about it sooner. What do we know between the three of us about the seven well-being goals do do you guys know any of them off the top of your head and maybe we can kind of discuss what they are and what they mean? A more equal Wales that's the one that stuck that, out to me. That is the one that's, <laughs> that's my favourite one. It's my yeah. favourite one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll run through them. So we've got prosperous Wales, resilient Wales, healthier Wales, as you guys said, more equal Wales, cohesive communities, vibrant culture and thriving Welsh language. And then finally, globally responsible Wales. What does, sorry to interrupt, what does resilient mean? Environmental resilience. So making communities less liable to flooding, making communities more green so that people can have places to go economic resilience so by making a more prosperous Wales we can make people more both our communities and our economy but also individuals more resilient if people are better off and people have uh, better job prospects safer jobs people won't perhaps struggle. Thank you that makes sense. The ones that in terms of wording interest me is uh, prosperous and then cohesive communities. When you say cohesive communities what does that look like for you how do you envision that? bringing together groups of people more closely, bringing different groups of people that perhaps didn't previously 
communicate with each other together getting a sense of community as well both mm. locally but like a national welsh community creating and drawing together people to be to be closer together and almost care for each other more we need a world full of hope not to spare where the people in charge really care for schools jobs homes fair clean air to breathe in life in a wales that's fair to activate the act and celebrate the fact wales is building a future we want to see choice build tomorrow use your voice step into the future nation brick by brick choice by choice lead the way use your voice for wales the world for future generation all of these goals in the mm. well-being future generations act how are we going to achieve these i think that brings us then on to public bodies because this is who the future generations act is trying to make change before so do we do either of you have any idea of what a public body is i think it's an organization that does a public service that's the textbook definition i have in my mind of it but i don't quite know how to put that into simpler terms that'll make it easier to understand if that makes sense public bodies i always assume it's funded by the taxpayer they're funded by the mm. government so the distinction is they're not businesses. The NHS, mm. health service, those things that, that, that these people who, who, who you can call on as a citizen that are there for the public to use. It's also the representatives that serve us, like the councillors that we've just been talking about, the local council, mm -hmm. uh, all the way up to uh, the ministers sitting in the Welsh Parliament, or people who serve the public because they're supposed to represent us. <laughs> In terms of how the Wellbeing for Future Generations Act is enforced, I mean, they can only really enforce on things that are that are Wales only uh, or, or devolved under the last parliament because that's where the act has been passed. The 2015 Wellbeing and Future Generations Act, that made it so that public bodies in their decision-making, they should be looking at where and how they can pursue a more equal Wales, the way that that's then implemented is making sure that your communities are represented in decision making so you have a share of different genders and different ethnicities people from different social backgrounds all involved in decision making and making sure that these public services are available and beneficial to all of these people as well as an example Liv how do you feel do you feel confident that it's going to protect people down the line I'd hope so. Well, if the public bodies have to make their decisions in alignment with the Act and its goals, then I would say that if that continued then in like 10, 20 years time or however long into the future, then it would be a more sustainable Wales. Let's maybe move forward to kind of discuss what the Future Generations Act and the team have been doing mm. specifically in relation to the idea of creating a manifesto for the local elections. So maybe we can all chip in and talk about what we think um, a manifesto is. Is it like 
a list or a bunch of stuff that they say they're going to do and give it to people who are voting. <laughs> That's my yeah. assumption of it. You can see it as a list of aims and promises that a candidate, so somebody who is putting themselves forward in an election to be elected as a councillor, or the political parties behind them. So it's a list of aims and promises that these candidates provide to people before an election to help the people to understand what they will do if they're elected. So they might say, if I'm elected, here are the things I'm going to do. What this means is that people can read these and this can help them to make an informed choice. So they're not just choosing a random person, they're actually looking at what they want out of the politician that they're voting for. I just want to chime in on on the the words that are used by politicians and and the the press <laughs> and how much it it, it annoys me. Me and too. Aggravates <laughs> me. And the reason I'm chiming in is that I always find that there's two versions of whatever politicians are saying, where they say everything in a very fancy way, and then there's what they actually mean to say that's just underneath that. And if you don't understand the level of literacy, you can't get down to that level. Because there's no one to say what people actually mean. Yeah, I voted for the first time last year. And I had that exact same problem. Because I remember looking at the manifestos and just thinking, what are they saying? So much stuff. That's great that you looked at the manifestos because lots of people wouldn't do that. Yeah, I think the democracy box had a big part to play in that, to be fair. Because I can't say with confidence that I would have looked into it and even registered to vote necessarily if I wasn't involved with the democracy box I don't think I just didn't think it was as important as I now know it is and I don't think a lot of young people well at least a lot of my friends weren't interested in voting yeah I think it's important and democracy box is obviously working to help people to understand these things but also encourage people to vote because it's not it's not a weird thing it's a part of life in oh, our yeah. country and, it, and it's something that we all should do because we can exercise our, our right to vote and our right to decide who are our leaders. So it's quite a powerful thing, quite empowering. Yeah. It's very empowering that we can decide who represents us on, on so many levels. It's even more empowering when you have the knowledge to kind of find out and be able to use a manifesto to, to not only find who you, who you want to vote for, who really represents you, but also to check up on who represents you, make sure they're they're delivering what you uh, voted for them for. <laughs> you know, you can always just say you promise this in the manifesto. Where you know I don't see you trying to do it if they're not. <laughs> and of course, the other way around. I've been very lucky, part of the democracy box, able to work with the office of future generations, and um, all the way that they have been writing their own manifesto. And I think it's probably the first That's manifesto right. I've ever heard of that isn't from a political party. That's something that people can uh, sign up to. We can call it a manifesto, but the real purpose of it is manifesto asks. So we're looking at providing this to candidates and political parties with specific recommendations that they can add to their own manifesto that directly would support the Future Generations Act and the seven wellbeing goals. Everybody can agree with them. They're things like committing to tackling climate change and announcing a climate emergency to things like making sure that there's accessible and appropriate 
community spaces so that community groups can meet up and you can have activities in your community. I just remember thinking it was really good because it related to the seven goals of the act and the goals of the act are good so the manifesto is also very good. Yeah so and you guys were talking about how much you liked the more equal whales as one of the seven well-being goals so in terms of a more equal whales the things that we're asking candidates and political parties to to adopt into their manifestos are things like set challenging targets for the recruitment of women, black, Asian and minority ethnic communities and disabled people across the public sector. What that really means is in our decision making processes, so when councils or when hospitals and health boards are making decisions, not only are they recruiting and making sure that their organisations are um, representative of society, but also that these people are all the way through the organisation, perhaps not just at the bottom, as is too often the case, and that these people are having an active role in decision-making, doing things now to make future the future better, whether that's five years or it's, or it's a much longer period than that. It's all about improvement. Very cool. So when coming up with the manifesto ideas, what was the process of that? Did you all sit down and just do it, or did you talk about it for a while, like, what was the process of deciding the manifesto? I think we kind of started off by brainstorming things that people would find hard to disagree with. And then, as you guys know, we have been doing brainstorming sessions with Democracy Box, with, with you guys and the other young co-creators. And we asked you guys for your input. It felt good to input on what seems like a very good law <laughs> you know it's nice when you're doing something positive it's fulfilling be able to input on on what we think is particularly good or what we think is not the best uh you know we have we can be critical it's important as young people to be uh critical of what's presented to you it was brilliant to be involved with to get the opportunity as a young person to give my opinion on something so important which it's not something that comes around all the time. So I'm very thankful for being able to do that. So I suppose to sum up before we move on, should we all pick a key thing that we want young people or, or anyone in fact listening to the podcast to know about? Should we all pick something? I would like people to all have a basic understanding about how local elections work. And mm. I want them to know the importance of voting in them. What about mm. you guys? I was going to say something very close to, to what you're saying Liv I might add I think that it would be so good if people could understand and know about how easy it is to vote how mm. easy it is to register to vote people can register to vote in Wales when they're 14 so that they can vote as soon as they're 16 and voting is very easy and, and quick to do and it's not it's not a big deal and, and you're having a direct impact on big decisions that are going to impact all of our lives and, and the country as a whole. Uh, and I suppose the thing that I want people to take away is just how awesome the Wellbeings of the Future Generations Act is. I, you know, if there is, if there is a piece of legislation I love, it, it is that I'm, <laughs> I'm deeply in love with it as a young person. It's so <laughs> exciting and brilliant and it's going to intervene in a bunch of public bodies and probably cause a lot of headaches for a lot of people. That's a good thing. It's a good as thing. As it should. Kind of thinking. As it should. As it should, yes. All you have to do to register to vote, www.gov.uk slash register to vote. It's right there. You can Google it. It'll be the first page. 
just need to be 16 to vote in local elections, to vote in Senate elections, and 18 to vote general elections. And all you need is a your national insurance number, which you should receive around about <laughs> when you're... What is it? Is it like 15 and six months? I'm not quite sure. Thank you very much, Tathan, for being here on, on the podcast. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure to speak to you. Yeah, thank uh, you very thank much. Thank you very much. I've had a great time. So that's the end of the first part of this episode with Tafan and now we're going to move on to a quick fire rapid question round with another person from the Office of Future Generations Commissioner and that's Leah. So hello Leah, Um, do you want to tell us about what your day job is? Hi yeah thank you for having me. Yeah so I'm Leah, Um, I'm a team support officer for the future generations commissioner which basically means I get to be involved in anything that needs doing and at the moment I'm doing some work around putting together case studies of good examples of public bodies um, doing good things around the act so I'm getting to put a lot of that together and eventually showcase that to sort of the wider public sector community in Wales which is really exciting. Why is it important that young people know about the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act itself, uh, the manifesto uh, that comes with the office, and uh, local elections as well? So I think it's really important that young people know about the Act to start with, because it's such a fundamental piece of legislation that gives the people of Wales the power to hold their politicians to account, and our governments and the people that we elect, to make sure that they're making the right decisions in the interests of us today, but also our children and the generations to come that we're thinking in the longer term. And then that directly links to the local elections and why young people should know about that. This is the chance for young people and people across Wales to vote for the people that are going to represent them locally and make those decisions and make sure their local councils are making decisions in line with the Act so that we're thinking for the longer term and making sustainable choices. How have you been getting information about the Act out to people, mainly young people or just people in general? Sophie Howe, the Commissioner, has been to talk to lots of different groups of people across Wales to talk to them directly about what we're doing and what the Act means. We've published case studies online showcasing work of public bodies and what they're doing. We have a really strong presence on social media, trying to get um, other groups to see what we're doing through there. We've also run like local workshops and stuff with various groups of people um, and try to engage in all the different sectors. So getting all the different groups of people aware of the work we're doing. What are you going to be doing in the future uh, with young people? So in the future with young people, we're working with the Democracy Box to put out loads of new content about what the act is and what it does, um, including video explainers, podcasts like the one we're doing today, music videos, social media, infographics, posters. We'll be having a presence in physical places soon. My next question is, how did you decide on your seven goals? I don't think our team directly didn't decide on the seven wellbeing goals. They were in place when the Act was established in 2015, and they started being thought about back in 1998 when Wales was devolved from the UK and through lots of consultations, lots of thinking, and the, the seven goals really just brought together the four pillars of wellbeing, that being economics social, cultural and environmental well-being. So putting them all together into those seven goals. So what, what gets you personally really excited uh, about the Wellbeing of Future Generations Act? What gets me really excited is that the Act gives people across Wales and young people in particular the power 
to know to influence their future and hold their the our decision makers to account to make sure that they're making the decisions the right decisions for us and for every generation to come and it does it in a really tangible way it's a really easy way to understand it's really simple to apply and it, and it can apply across everything that we do and that we should be doing so it's an incredibly powerful tool that I'm very excited that exists that was brilliant it's a shame we can't have you for longer I'd love <laughs> to let you just speak forever because you've got so much knowledge about it and again it's such an interesting act of fact thank you so much for dedicating uh, your time to come down on the podcast and, and speak to us and answer these questions thank you so much for having me I've been Lloyd Mann a co-creator for the Democracy Box and I've been Liv Winter, another co-creator of the Democracy Box. And thank you all for listening. Yeah. <laughs> Remember to follow <laughs> on all socials if you haven't already. Uh, we have an Instagram, a lovely Twitter and a lovely TikTok. So make sure you're following on all of those. Wales, the world, the future generation.